This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Jen from Ocala, Florida. And I am Tara Carter from Clovis, New Mexico, and you are listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for July 24th, episode 1980. This episode is brought to you by Horseware. Good morning, Horse World. Good Tuesday morning to you, and I do mean a good Tuesday morning. Well, if you insist on being accurate about it. You know, only somebody with perfect comedic timing could produce this much energy in one shot. You gotta learn that your time in the saddle ain't as rough as the life in between. And the fence isn't there for you to straddle. And you can't change horses in the middle of your dream. Welcome back, Tara. Yeah, thank you. This is the first time we've really had a chance to chat since the big ranch horse weekend out there in Clovis, New Mexico. I know. Glenn said, you're going to host with Jen today. And I thought, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I don't miss Glenn, but I was pumped. (laughs) The amount of fun I had, and apparently everybody else had, what were there, seven of us, nine of us, um, is, is very nearly indescribable. (laughs) <laughs> well, I feel like you always have fun no matter where you go. So I loved seeing you have fun horseback too. But yeah, it was it was a really good time. Everyone had a, had it really enjoyed themselves. Yes, we had. Now, as, as near as I can tell, Mo was was my best buddy and pal. We were bunkmates, and uh, Mo is one of the auditors here on the Horse Radio Network. So we got to be the Greenhorns together. I think yeah. <laughs> everybody else who had attended had some degree of experience in ranch work. Is that pretty accurate? I would say so. Either, you know, they are on ranches around here or they've been here before and ridden before. So at some point, yes, they've been exposed to it. Yeah. Now, is this the first time you've ever done uh, this type of a clinic that accepts complete and utter novices like Mo and I? No, I mean, we, if you want to come, you're allowed to come basically. So we, a lot of times we have a good mix, you know, people for the first time, or uh, we certainly have our regulars that, you know, that have it on their schedule and have their horses here and things like that. So we certainly have our regulars, but folks are always welcome to come out. And that's one, that's one thing that I think is impressive about what Trevor does is he is able to either, either give you, I mean, give you things to do at different levels, or um, we have horses that help you, like maybe you're learning something new. And so we can put you on a horse that can help you through the situation. So it's really nice to be able to have the flexibility to keep the group, you know, let the group be dynamic, but keep everyone progressing. So that was, that was very interesting to me as someone who spent many, many years um, paying the rent by teaching and training and doing clinics that we had a very wide um, 
demographic in skill sets of horses as well as riders, because we had some riders who were pretty darn experienced, some riders who were what I would call the amateur owner level, and then some riders who were perfectly competent riders who had no nothing about a cow or neck reining or spinning or anything else. But we all learned a lot and did a lot of stuff, which yeah. I found and, very interesting. Yeah. And it certainly helps to have a job. You know, I mean, we sort of say sometimes you can get away with things and get away with things means something you don't know or your horse isn't quite cooperating or, you know, there's, there's some things that you can sort of get away with if you have a job to do um, or if you have somewhere to go. So, I mean, sometimes that can be a recipe for disaster too, but <laughs> for the, for the most part, you know, having a job just, it, it really helps. So yes, that's one of the cool things about uh, when you come out here is we, we do, I know we, we sort of make up some jobs to get the skill set established, but then we really do have some jobs to do. So yes, one of the, one of the jobs we did, I think that we did this on day one, and I was riding Sailor, one of your tried and true ranch horses, who basically put his training wheels on for me. No, because <laughs> <laughs> I was pressing all the wrong buttons, <laughs> um, and eventually. Trevor just got sick of it and took my bridle off and said, I'm sorry, you just can't use that anymore. You're irresponsible. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. Yeah. But early on, we did this little exercise where we had a, a, when you, when you put a small group of cows in the, and you call it the pen, not the arena. Is that right? I need to get the lingo correct. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. All these words. Just Um, a big one or a small one. (laughs) Yeah. And we put them in, and you put them in there and maybe a dozen or so. Do you call that a herd when you put them in there? You still call that a herd? Yeah, we do. Okay. So we put a small group of little herd of, of little cows in there, and there's a giant tire in the middle that holds hay so that the horses are, and the cattle don't spread it all over the arena. And we had to play uh, keep away from the tire with the cows. You had to get one cow and separate him from his little group and either keep him towards the tire or away from the tire or something like that. And that was a very interesting game because, like you said, it gave you a job. You had a specific thing to do with this cow. Keep him close to this object. And that made it... And for me, coming from an English background where your goal is to make the circle more round... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little harder to get your head around versus keep the cow from the tire. That was really very interesting and very, very satisfying because I either kept the cow away from the tire or I didn't. It was very black and white. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Well, and one good thing too is, you know, when you're trying to get the circle more round, it's, it's hard to feel like a winner sometimes. I mean, even though there are definitely moments there in there that when you're building the circle and making it more round that you're giving your horse release and you're feeling good about the progress and all of those things. Sometimes when you have something else to focus on other than you and your horse on the circle and you add a cow to the mix, you're still, you're still having to rely on some of the same communication and some of the same aids, but the pressure's off a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you and your horse get to work as a team versus the cow in some ways. Yes. And so instead of you and, you know, the two of you going back and forth in this conversation, you just get to link arms and have a conversation with the cow. So yes. it's... It's yeah. really valuable for your communication, but also for your, I don't know, the, the, the partnership that you have yes. with your horse. Yeah, I agree. And because the the horse 
because I was riding sailor and experienced ranch horse, he knew his job was to keep the cow away from the tire because he knows what right. his job is. I have a question for you, somebody who knows nothing about ranch work, except what I learned in 12 hours in the saddle on sailor. Yeah, um, <laughs> per day. <laughs> now, for the purposes of competitive ranch classes, you have to have a horse that is, quote, cowy that can lock in on that cow and literally play tag with him. Well, like anything that you do, or at least my experience with competition and performance, is that there's different levels. So one of the great things about ranch horse is that it is in some ways, it has more cross training and more diversity. So to be successful in, in ranch horse and in the all around, you just need a horse that is able to, you know, be willingly guided. And they, they demonstrate that in, in the classes that are trail or ranch riding or reining. And then the ones that start to go into the all around category, those are the ones that can work a cow. Now, the higher up you go, yes, you're going to need a horse that really wants to watch a cow and really puts effort into a cow and, you know, holds on, has has a desire to hold on to some of the training that you've put in there to help him work a cow efficiently and athletically. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, the entry-level classes, they just require that you keep the cow in an area. So they let the cow in, and then you have to keep it in the area. So very much like what you did, where you had to keep the cow either in an area or away from an area. So, so yes, you would like to have a horse that has some cow, um, but that's really – it wouldn't be a deterrent. Like I would not say, oh, well, I, I ride a dressage horse. I mean we have a lady that, that comes with us to the shows, and she rides an Irish sport horse. Really? She does very well. Yeah. <laughs> and they work the flag when they come here. I mean, everyone looks at her like she's, you know, like, what is that? You know, we had a lady that took a Polish Arabian uh, to a rain cow horse show. And I know you and I have talked about having her come on. And it was really funny. You know, like some of the youth riders would come up to her and be like, what kind of horse is that? You know, they just, it yeah. looked like a dragon to them. The fish out of water. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, but. She went in, she did great. She focused, she did her pattern. She worked her cow. She, you know, she came home with a check. So, uh, you know, good horsemanship is good horsemanship. It translates. It's just the higher up you go, they're going to want to see a horse that commits to the job just as much as the rider. And Mm -hmm. you will have to have a cow, a horse that's got some cow breeding or some cow interest at least to Mm -hmm. even go on that part of the journey. So, so it's just like any other discipline in that it, if you're, an outsider looking in, we are generally more familiar with the higher levels because that's where people go to watch because that's where spectators are. But it starts out at the training wheels putt-putt level that anybody who can safely stay aboard a horse and take some lessons can feel successful at. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I've, we've had some people that, that show, show English, show dressage, and they come to some of the ranch horse shows with us. And I don't, I've been to a couple of dressage shows and I've loved it and had a great time. And I think some of the, the skill set of the riders themselves as dressage riders is like, they, you guys take on a, a really strong or heavy responsibility for your seat and your hands, you know. Yes, it's all very, very detailed. Yes. Yes. And so, Whereas in some ways, just like what you said, it was kind of black or white. Like, do we get the cow in the place or not? So in some ways it's a, you know, that part, uh, is not as heavily emphasized, even mm-hmm. though it's incredibly important. It's just not as heavily emphasized. And, uh, 
I forgot where I was headed with this, but um, <laughs> it happens to me sometimes. It, it challenges a different part of your brain, a different part of your horsemanship skills. It's just a different part. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Because I can st- I can totally see that um, you still have to get the aids right, especially when you're doing the disciplines that require you to be more in charge than the horse. Like when you're when you're holding a cow, the horse has a lot of the responsibility at those higher levels. Whereas you're doing a reining pattern, the rider has a lot more of that responsibility because the rider has to say, do your change exactly here and keep a straight line exactly here and make the circle exactly this size. So it, the different disciplines within the versatility discipline are testing different aspects, just like in eventing, it does the same idea. It's going to test different skill sets. And uh, that was really cool. But you mentioned a moment ago in our little conversation, the flag thingy. What is that flag thingy officially called? And maybe explain it to us so that for for someone who's never seen one in use, what it is and what it's supposed to do, et cetera, et cetera. Because I had a blast on the the flag thingy. (laughs) Well, I mean, we just call it the flag, but we also use a horsemanship flag, you know, which is like a stick with a flag on the end of it. But um, it's a cutting flag um, is probably the best way to describe it. But what it does is it simulates the back and forth motion that a, that a cow would make whenever it's trying to basically juke you and, you know, go to the left or the right and get back to the tire or get back to the herd. Uh, so what it does is it allows, it's basically mounted on a fence and we have one that you can kind of set up in different places in the arena, but it's mounted in two ends and it's just a string on a pulley and it has this flag attached and you can run it with the remote control um, although I have a friend that built one with an exercise bike, which was totally fun. Oh my so you'd gosh. You go out to help him work his horses and then you would pedal back and forward and it would make the, the horse, the, the flag go back and forth. Oh, so anyway, awesome. the, the rope goes back and forth and, uh, the flag is attached to that rope. And so it basically just makes a flag go left and right and left and right. And what you do is you, you help your horse travel and watch that flag and stop and back and turn and they ba- you know your horse just basically works parallel to that flag and the idea is that it is sort of like strength i don't know like strength training i sort yeah, of yeah i think that's a good it's analogy basically, yeah yeah let's when when this happens when the cow stops this is how i would like you to stop when the cow is thinking about turning i'd like you to draw back and then turn with it and so it basically gives you a chance to help that horse physically make the right moves if there's a mental connection too. It's it's definitely easier to establish with a cow, but this way you can't tell the cow, "Hey, stop, my horse! I need to help my horse figure out how to make that turn better." So just <laughs> wait right there, cow, and then when I'm ready, you go again. And by the way, don't go anywhere else. Just stay on this straight line. So so that is basically just a way where you can sort of get the muscle memory right for your horse, mm-hmm. and then. You know, you can set the flag at a certain speed or, you know, you can control it or yeah. work oh, yeah, on something and yeah. bring the flag it's, back to the same spot. So yeah, and I noticed idea. Trevor moved the flag differently depending upon the level of the horse and the rider and what they needed to do. Like, he made it go nice and slow for me so that I wouldn't get chucked right off the horse the first time. Right, yeah. Because it's, if the, you've not done that before, it's, it's, it's quite a surprise when they do that quick maneuver. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It, because they suck back and then turn, <laughs> the, 
they like create this little pocket that you just go straight in. Yeah, so and it's or where they suck back and then they turn and yeah. off you go. And suck by by suck back, you mean that the horse literally sits back on his haunches and at the same time his front end drops down a little bit. A little bit like when you watch dogs play. Yes. And when they yes. move, he sits back on his ha- haunches, but his front end drops down, not up. Like when I'm a dressage rider, when the horse mm-hmm. sets back onto his haunches or a jumper, the, the forehand is elevated. When you're a cutting horse, it's the opposite. So the horse's front end kind of disappears out from under you. <laughs> yeah. And the most, the second most, co- well, no, the first most commonly um, uttered phrase all weekend, at least for Mo and I, was hold on to the saddle horn. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> push, push. Be- because you really do. And if you're a little bit of a, a novice like we were, it's an important skill to keep your hand there on that on that saddle horn. So if somebody is going to go out and attend, like um, we have a lot of cow work practice days and things like that, how does one introduce a horse to cows for the first time. The horse has seen cows in the pasture next door. It's a trail horse or it's an English horse, but it has no idea about cow work. What is the process that one goes through to introduce a horse to becoming a, learning how to work cows? Well, first you just, you really want your horse to be confident. And so one of the things that we start out with for the horses is we'll put a cow into the arena and depending on the horse, it needs to be a big size or a smaller size, but, um, you know, the bigger, the bigger area for the less confident horse, but you basically set it up to where the cow starts moving around and then you let your horse follow in behind it. So, you know, Trevor tries to say, just follow exactly in that cow's tracks. And so, you know, your horse might, your horse might veer off to the left a little bit, but then you put them back right in the same cat, the tracks that cow followed. And then Pretty much, you know, horses gain confidence with things going away from them, and they'll start to gradually move themselves a little bit closer. And then, you know, you can choose whether or not you release at certain moments and then gradually progress. But basically, tracking is tracking is the best place to start because that gives your horse confidence with that cow moving away. And so, and then from there, you you start to to mirror it, and then from there, you start to influence it. So, so you start out confidence. by following exactly in its path, so it's always moving away from you. Yes. Because I'm now mirroring it means you do what? Well, mirroring it in some ways you can mirror it just from behind. You know, you can just like you were saying, I'm trying to make my circle more perfect. You may try to have your horse follow exactly in the in the same footsteps and with the same shape and all of that. So there's mm-hmm. ways that you know you can use that cow as your focus while you're still working on the elements of your more perfect circle, even though it is very wiggly. Oh, I'm that sure. see that appeals to me. I got that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so and then. And then you can start to peel off to the side and say, okay, well now I'm going to try to mirror it from the right side. And, you know, so keep, I'm going to keep the cow on my left side and then I'm going to try to mirror it. So, you know, the cow will turn and you'll have to, you'll have to, the biggest thing though is to not turn away from the cow. Mm -hmm. Like that's usually, sometimes a cow will beat you and you'll think, well, he turned to my left and beat me. But if I just went to the right, he's already over there and that would be way faster Uh, but one of those things, that's a real disconnect. So you spend all this time getting your horse to connect to the cow. And then even though it may have been faster, uh, you kind of hurt yourself for the next time your horse will take the easier way out, even though it's harder in the long run. You don't turn away from the cow. So the horse's butt is towards the, the cow or the direction of the cow and make a loop. You, 
you have to do um, lateral maneuvers so that you continue to face the cow all the time. That's right. Okay. See, I'm, I'm getting it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and if you think about it, I mean, it doesn't always necessarily make sense when you're thinking, oh, it's just me and the cow. But if you had a rope on the cow. Yeah, you wouldn't want to the turn last around. Thing you'd want to do is turn away. So, yeah. in some ways, that can kind of help you is to think that you're tethered to the cow. And usually, folks are tethered to a cow with a rope. So, yeah. not not usually, but out here they are. <laughs> yeah, out there they are. Because Carter Ranch is an actual working ranch. That's the most common question I have when I talk to people about going out to New Mexico. I was chatting with my farrier the other day about it and how much fun I was having. And she said, oh, so you went to a dude ranch? I said, no, <laughs> not even, this is not city slickers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My butt was yeah. really sore. We really did sit in the saddle for six or eight hours every day. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and I think that made a big difference in that because we're horse people, we would probably be a little bit disappointed in the, the more typical dude ranch experience because um, we already had the skill set to sit on the horse. That wasn't novel for us right it was the additional skill sets that made it really cool for us um so that's really cool so that that was really cool we enjoyed it a lot um we're already chatting about what's going to happen next year now maybe what we'll do is we'll drag tara and we'll have an eventing clinic and make tara try something new oh that would be great oh there's interesting oh we can we can play a trade-off or we'll take Tara fox hunting. Oh yeah, I've actually kind of been fox hunting. Oh yeah, yeah I, well, I took I took a horse. Of my, <laughs> it's a really terrible, terrible jumper. Um, <laughs> uh, we took we just did a practice round at one of the places there. It was in Ocala. Oh um, really? Yeah, and we rode around there. I can't think of the name. I want to say spring. Uh, anyway, so you know we got to take our horses and go across the. The course, is that a course? Is that what you call it? It can be, yes. Yeah. Did you maybe do a hunter pace? No, it no. would have been like that, but we basically just got to school out there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we went out there, and then we got a tour of the the hounds and all of that. So we didn't actually yeah. go out with the hounds and mm-hmm. all that, but yeah, we had a good time. Cool. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely, like just how, you know, when you came, we put you on a horse that knew what it was doing. Mm-hmm. My experience riding over any kind of jump has been a, hor- a quarter horse that would jump with his front end and then jump with his hind end. Yes. <laughs> so I would, if you could give me a horse that didn't do that, I would probably really have a great time. <laughs> yeah. Jumping is way more fun on a horse that likes to jump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can imagine on a horse that does not enjoy and appreciate, um, Oh, you know something? Well, okay, never mind. Um, doesn't doesn't enjoy and appreciate cow work. In other words, no, I'm not terrified of the cows, but I've got no desire to chase them, track them, or pay attention to them. Doing yes. cattle work would not be very enjoyable. And I'm sure it's the same with doing cross-country or jumping of any sort. When you're on a horse that goes, yeah, this is my thing, it's a lot more fun than when you're on a horse that goes, okay, I'm going to get over this, but only because the cow is on the other side of it. <laughs> yeah. I think this horse was like, I'm going to get over it, but let's see if you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. And I, I went out on the last day of our clinic. We were out in the obstacle course. The obstacle course is in a about 20 acres because everything is giant at Carter Ranch. 
and there were a few telephone pole jumps set up. <laughs> and I kept making poor Sailor go over them again and again and again. And at one point, I got really brave. I was, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lope over them. So he'd go loping down, loping down, and then he'd break to a trot, front end over, pause, back end over, lope, lope, <laughs> lope, lope, lope. <laughs> it's funny. He actually is a pretty good jumper. I'll post a video to the group. Trevor, when he was getting him ready for Road to the Horse, he. We were at a we were at a Rantour show, which also has an uh, English equestrian team there, and they had their jump course set up. So Trevor went and did whatever his cow class, and then he went out in this warm up pin and just went over all the jumps. Oh, cool! <laughs> so I have to send you that. Yeah. He's he's a good sport. He will try anything. He's like, well, okay, yeah. <laughs> if that's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's a very good sport about it. He does he he doesn't ever say um no I can't do that except. For at the beginning of the weekend, he really didn't want to talk to the cooler. But by the time the end of the weekend roll, <laughs> rolled around, as Trevor predicted, he wanted to freaking hug that cooler by the yeah. end of the weekend. Every time I get within five feet at it, he would just start going sideways and go, "Okay, I'm hanging out here at the cooler." Sailor's <laughs> one of those horses that is really cowy. He really watches a cow. He watches everything, and so preparing him for the road to the horse wild card was borderline like he wasn't sure he was going to make it every day right like we trevor would do all these things to prepare him for different obstacles etc and then we finally took him to an arena and we rented it we rented out this arena and we put every kind of obstacle we could possibly think of you know we had all kinds of fun coming up with it and one of the gals that worked with us she said i'm pretty sure that sailor thinks if we weren't trying to kill him before he's certain of it now (laughs) yeah he's because he's so observant when we were out yeah. We went out to the big field pasture, pasture and yeah. we had the large herd of cows, really loud, big cows. On the, in the corner, there was a um, natural gas tank for the house that was there. And it was about the size of a, a Cadillac. And boy, he was yeah. pretty sure it was going <laughs> to eat him. So my right leg got really, really tired because if, as soon as my right leg wasn't there, he was going to be going right really fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can still have a conversation with him when he's worried, which is wonderful. Well, but see, that's the thing. Is, so much means so much to him. He is yeah. he, sure that that, he was really sure that that tank, there was, a, there was significance to it. It should not be ignored. Yeah. So he was kind of, I could tell he was mentally torn. He's like, I need to watch the cows, but I need to watch that tank, but I need to watch the cows. <laughs> I need to watch the tank. <laughs> so I kept, I kept telling him to go. I kept turning his head a little bit to the right and putting my right leg. I was like, watch the cow. There's a cow over there. Watch that. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I partly wonder if maybe it wouldn't be so strong in him if we hadn't thrown so many things at him to help him, you know, be exposed to so much more. But I'm pretty sure he thinks things are around every corner because they kind of were. <laughs> they kind of were. But he's very trusting. Yeah. When you, when you yes. put the aids on him, he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but if yeah, you don't, it. he feels a little lost. He says, you're not yeah. telling me I shouldn't be afraid, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, when you tell him he shouldn't be, he's like, okay, you say so. Yeah. 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 Well, it looks yeah, like well, Jemmy, looks like Jemmy's fi- got our, our first guest on, and uh, we are going to chat with Michaela Walker right after we hear from Amigo. <laughs> Another long, tough fly season is right around the corner. And the only choice for this fly season are the Amigo range of fly sheets because they're built tough and feature the latest in design comfort, bug-busting technology, and sun-protecting fabrics. And the Amigo range has a fly sheet for every budget. 
from the Amigo Bug Buster Vamoose with no fly zone to the Amigo Bug Rug Fly Sheet. Find Amigo Fly Sheets at your local or online retailer, or you can visit horseware.com. That's horseware, H-O-R-S-E-W-A-R-E.com. We've got our first guest with us today, Michaela Walker, and she's on her way to compete at the Cowboy Dressage Worlds, and she's going to tell us a little bit about what it takes to get there, what she's looking forward to, and also uh, she's a clinician in Summerfield, Florida, who teaches clinics, teaching student ways in which cowboy dressage is incorporated into obstacle training and cow work. So how are you today, Michaela? I'm great. How are you doing? We're doing really well, thank you. So tell us a little bit about about cowboy dressage and what, what it is that you've been working toward and where you're headed. Well, um, I'm very excited about this discipline, and I know there's a lot of people that probably are wondering what it is exactly, but um, I started this two years ago. I was introduced to it, and ever since I've been on this journey of being able to find how wonderful this cowboy dressage court is to teach people and horses to become really good partners and to build their muscle memory and their must their their strength up doing it and so i've used this as a tool but as i was using it as a tool i thought well maybe i ought to go and and test myself and so i did and uh now i'm a clinician a certified clinician with cowboy dressage world and the beauty about that is that now i can go all over and and really kind of enlighten people about what cowboy dressage is so, yes, and going to the world means I'm taking a trek yeah. to California on my motorcycle, <laughs> on my motorcycle, my iron horse, <laughs> so that, and I did this last year so I could get a feel of if I really wanted to go gung-ho into this discipline and, and probably insert it into my life for the rest of my life for teaching and coaching and, uh, you know, working with horses. And I decided immediately after I'd been there with the camaraderie and the, the, the way these people are just with their horses, this is softness, the care, everything about it really uh, impressed me. And Debbie and eight, uh, Beth Halakami are some of the most dearest people. When you meet them, you feel like you've known them all your life and they are your newfound friends for life. Yeah. So that's, where my trek has been and yes i'm excited about going out there in october and showing and i'll be showing on a horse that i've ridden only once i'm borrowing a horse from someone to ride in the world finals and gathering so which so is this the same or you just went last year to watch and then this will be your first year actually competing Uh at the worlds yes now we have had some schooling shows around in the area and I've been to some other shows, but this is the world finals and gathering. So this is this is the this is the big dog, so to speak. Yeah. And so which? Yes, I will be competing. It's it's actually, it's actually not competing. More so, it's showing what I've learned, and therefore giving myself getting a test finished, seeing what my score is, so I can see where I need to go next. So this is a very exciting for me. Yeah. Which um. 
which classes are, or which tests are you going to ride or which divisions are you going to compete in or test yourself in? Well, I'm in the open division. Yes, I'm in the open division because I am a clinician. Um, I'm also studying to be a judge. So I'm in the open division and I will probably, I will probably start uh, at lower levels and then build as the four days go by because uh, okay. I will have to build the horse and our relationship as we go. Yeah. So will you start with walk jog? Will you start with walk jog lope? Do you do the challenge course or do you do both? I'll probably go with the walk jog. Yeah. Good question. Good question. I'll probably start with the walk jog and do two or three and then move into the walk jog lope one and two something like that, maybe three, just, it will really depend on how this horse and I get along, but definitely I'll be in the walk jog and I'm hoping to get into the walk jog lope. That's my, that's my goal. Okay. And are you going to do, so can you tell people the difference between like the walk jog, walk jog lope tests and the, the difference between those and the challenge court? Yes. Um, well, the challenge, well, let's go back and talk about the challenge court. That would be a good one because the challenge court, for those that don't know about cowboy dressage yet, one of the great things about it is, yes, there's, there's dressage, there's Western dressage, and there's cowboy dressage. And I'm, I love dressage and Western dressage and cowboy dressage. It just happens to be that I am a horse that likes a cow horse. I like more, um, I like a horse that I can trot across, you know, couple of miles, I mean, not trot, but jog across a couple of miles and do an extended jog in order to get out to where the, the cows are and sit back. <laughs> I like that part. I don't like to be posting all the time. So in cowboy dressage, we kind of create a more linear horse in a sense. There's still suspension there, but we do walk, jog, lope instead of walk, jog, canter. So in the challenge court, we have all of these walk, jog, lope and walk, jog, walk jog um walk jog and we have walk walk which is one of the hardest tests to do and in the challenge court if people are familiar with the uh dressage court there's eight more letters that are around there to create a little more geometry within the uh 20 by 40 meter court the geometry geometry is everything in the horse in the court and the way we use ourselves within on the horse it's amazing and the challenge court is kind of cool because it gives markers and some people call them obstacles and that's fine too we have cavalettis we have like an eight in the middle and we have uh different little cones to kind of give you the idea of where and how to make those 10 and 20 meter circles so it really helps i will probably be doing a couple of challenge court uh, tests, and then I'll be doing the non-challenge court test, which where there's that's an open court, but the court is still created with eight more letters, which is fantastic because you can always find your way through it. And they have yes. a collar, just like they do in dressage or Western dressage. So, and that's that's really important to have a good collar. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll have to get that lined up too when I get there. That, that's not going to be easy. I have to find someone I can hear. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to try both of them. No, Sorry. go ahead, please. Sometimes there's a delay and I, I hate to interrupt. I apologize. 
what's a lot of times people say, you know, they say I do cowboy dressage and I feel like oftentimes people say they just immediately default that to Western dressage and the two are very different. Um, but how, what's the easiest way to tell the difference for folks? Like if they, if they hear one or the other, what would be a way that you could help them go, Oh no, I'm talking about cowboy dressage versus Western dressage. Right. And this is a question that I get, uh, no matter if I'm doing a clinic and there's new people there, um, if I'm doing a demonstration, especially during the demonstrations, I get a lot of questions. Um, and then just talks about that because uh, we're in an educational, uh, you know, slope right now, uphill slope, an educational uphill slope, but we're trying to educate these people the differences between them. And it's really tough because people usually say, oh, Western dressage, but they're thinking cowboy dressage also. Right. So the major difference, I think, is um, for me, the cowboy dressage challenge court gives the human a little more intent so that they can create that muscle memory in themselves and in their horse by using the obstacles or the markers that are out there, by using all of the letters plus the markers outside to find their way around this court, which is not the easiest thing when everything is out of there. Where with dressage, classical dressage, this court is very different. There's there's, you know, you only have A and C at either end of the court, and then you have um, five letters on each side. So you don't have as many markers, so you don't have as much geometry in there as you do with cowboy dressage. So as you get into the higher levels with cowboy dressage, it really kind of pulls it all together because you have more geometry to work with inside of this um, court, which basically it's a five meter increment. So it equals 32 square meters on a 20 by 40 court. It's almost endless what we can do inside of here. So that's quite the difference between it is the way the outside of the court is set up and the inside of the court. Did you, Jen, when you guys were, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I apologize. Oh no, I finished. (laughs) Okay. Uh, the, other part of this, the other part of this is the walk-jog lope versus the walk-talk canter. So what we're doing is we're getting um, a little linear horse, a little more linear horse. We also are trying to create that, that um, rear end reaching up underneath the horse, the same as classical dressage does. So what we're always working towards is a softer feel that if you notice between dressage and Western dressage, there's a little softer feel in the Western dressage, but in ours, it's about releasing the horse into that um, forward motion. So, and releasing them into their stride and releasing them into their carriage so they become better at self-caring themselves. So we're continually changing that from a from a uh, working walk to a to a possibly we could go to an extended walk in that case, which would be a free walk, 
And then, of course, we do it also in the jog. We have a working jog and a free jog that extends the horse out. The rhythm is still the same, but the horse is reaching further out with his stride and the nose comes down and he's just carrying himself in fluidity. And then, we, of course, it happens in our lope too. We have our working lope and our free lope. And the same thing should occur with that horse. And you only get there successfully by building the muscle memory up so the horse has self-carriage rather than always being there with the bit to help the horse carry himself. We teach the horse to help the horse carry. We teach the horse to carry himself. And it's a long process. And of course, any classical dressage and Western dressage is going to be a long process also. But the way that I like to ride, because I come from a cutting horse world and a reining horse world, is to teach the horse to carry themselves. So I'm hardly ever into the bit. And when I am, there's still a soft feel there where the horse and I are working on all of our aids at the same time. And that's what builds the partnership. And that's that's really pretty much what Cowboy Dressage talks about is the soft feel, building a partnership. And I think, you know, everybody's got their heart into, you know, when they're doing dressage, they've got their heart into it. When they're doing Western dressage, they've got their heart into it. The thing that I feel in Cowboy Dressage is there's not just the heart, but there's the soul of two entities, two different species becoming one mind, one body on that cord, and everything comes together. So, so that is what creates the soft feel. So I don't. I want to make sure we get to the second half of the conversation before we run out of time today. So when Tara and I were chatting about our Ranch Horse Weekend a few weeks back at the beginning of the show, um, it was fun because we kind of touched on this a little bit, how application of the aids and dressage and cow work can relate to one another. So how do you personally find it useful to use cowboy dressage as a training discipline to help people and horses do cow work? Well, I love that question. I'm so glad you asked it because this is one of the things I I do. And I put on several cattle clinics last, well, the beginning of this year. And it was remarkable how fast the people grew and how confident the horse got. With that being said, you know, every horse, if you watch them out in the pasture or, you know, in the wild or whatever, they're always trying to dominate another horse unless they're you know, there's somewhere where they're saying, that's my blade of grass. And if I can move you, then I feel confident about eating that grass. I feel confident about me being able to tell you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and so the confidence grows in a horse and they get better and better at what they do, eating forage, getting the forage they need for themselves or whatever the case may be. It's instinctive, it's survival, and they enjoy the process. You know, they're made like that. They're wired for that. So what happens with the cow? And of course, I use the cowboy dressage court to get everybody kind of getting into their bends and being able to roll back on their haunches or turn on the forehand. I use the cowboy dressage court to get everybody ready for this cattle clinic. And then we go out and we, we let the cows out and we drive up to them. And any of the horses that are not confident horses, 
they stay in the back and they watch these other horses move these cows. Pretty soon they want to get up there. Now they might get scared a little bit, but if the human can stick with their intent and ride the instinct of their horse and bring them back so they're not so close to the cow anymore, then that horse will eventually, because of desire, will end up building enough confidence to go in there and move a cow and have fun doing it. Some of them end up chasing the cows. They just love the stuff. So the way that I teach is through, you know, approach and retreat. What you would learn for anybody if a horse is, um, doesn't like to take a bath or doesn't like to go over log or go into water, it's approach and retreat. And the person on the back is doing that approach and retreat. And pretty soon they can't hold the horse back because the horse is like, let's go do it. And when that happens, you guys are hooked. You're just, you're, you're fused at the waist, you know, your hips <laughs> are together the forever. There we and go. Well, that that's really fascinating how waist. you can your use that. together forever. You guys are one mind, one body. Yeah. Get done. <laughs> yeah. You can use it to build confidence in horse now, and rider. That's fascinating how they can do that. So for folks who want to learn about more about what you do in Summerfield, Florida, and a little bit about cowboy dressage and how you apply it to uh, different disciplines and different needs, where can they find you on face on the online? How can they appropriately stalk you online? <laughs> stalk me on online. Well, <laughs> there's mwcowboydressage.com uh, that they can go to and find out what we're doing there, uh, different clinics and the meaning of it. They can also... Um, go to, you know, cowboydressageworld.com. The best place to find me is Michaela Walker on Facebook. I'm all over Facebook, and I love that to, uh, to get together with people. But they can Google Michaela Walker, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-L-A Walker. All you have to do is Google me, and all sorts of stuff comes up. Uh, there's articles I've written and everything. And I do want to say one more thing about this cow and horse thing, which is kind of fun. And they may, they may see, I might do a blog on this. So if they get online and they, they might see this blog is, you know, with Winston Churchill said something, he said, there is something about the outside of a horse that is good for the inside of a man. Well, the horse told me there is something about the outside of a cow that is good for the inside of a horse. They actually told me that. <laughs> Switch that up. You need to put that on a t-shirt. There you go. So that's my belief. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, they can find me on Google. And what we do here is we stay consistent. We, um, we teach through, uh, through showing pe- people how we do it. If we can't do it, we will find out how to do it. And, and we will teach that. It's just like Calvary Dressage. Once I saw it, I said, this is the deal. And I'm going to sh- show people a new way and a better way to partner up with their horse, no matter what difficulties they're having that they can actually learn to enjoy riding the instinct instead of fear. There we go. Well, thanks. Thanks you very much, Michaela, for stopping by on the show. We're fresh out of time. Um, We appreciate you stopping by and best of luck in October at the Cowboy Worlds. Thank you so much. I enjoyed talking with you too and have a great day. All right. isn't that kind of funny that it worked out? We we're going to talk to somebody about cowboy dressage, and we were talking yeah. about how they coincide. Um, different, but yet, when you take the 30,000-foot view, very much the same. 
Yeah, that's right. Did you guys write? We have a permanent cowboy dressage court in the in our one of our pastures. Did you guys ride on that while you were here? We we went up and we played in it. We didn't go up yeah. and do any official riding, but when we were out on the obstacle course, we were able to go up because that's the piece that's way at the top of the hill, up next mm-hmm. to the uh, driveway. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I went up there and and played around in that a little bit because I looked at it. And, oh, look! This is dressage arena sized, but it's full mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Very, very natural looking. We don't have, yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah it's good. That, that's like probably one of his favorite places to warm up overs before he goes and does cow work or raining or stuff like yeah. that. So. And it's interesting that she mentioned intent because that was kind of one of my takeaways of the weekend was making sure you're focused on the intent because the horse can read that in your subconscious body language. And when you're working a cow, even more so, because I found that if I could focus on my cow appropriately, Sailor was much easier saying, okay, that that's the one you want. Because when I would approach a, a little herd of cows, he would be searching through there and he'd go, which one do you want me to get? <laughs> yeah. There's a lot yeah. in here, which one? And I had <laughs> yeah, to be able to tell him that. I wasn't sure how... <laughs> But, yeah, that's so funny. But I, you know, I could look at that one, and if I could get my eyes and my body to follow my eye, he could feel that. He could feel my seat move because I was looking to the left, and and, and that was one of the big takeaways there. So that was really cool that she talked about that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Really neato. Another really neato thing, Total Saddle Fit Shoulder Relief Cinch by Total Saddle Fit. It is the scientifically clever shaped cinch that improves saddle fit and horse comfort. Why? The center of the cinch sits in your horse's natural girth groove while the sides are set back and attached to the latigos further back and prevent the saddle from being pulled onto the shoulders, something you never want to happen. It's going to make your horse uncomfortable. And unique shape also allows for better elbow clearance. That's a real problem for horses. You'll find they they get those little rub marks, little girth galls. That's because they don't have enough elbow clearance. Takes care of that problem. The shoulder relief cinch by Total Saddle Fit has an interchangeable liner system. So one cinch can be fitted fitted with any one of three different liners in high-quality limestone neoprene, wool felt, or wool fleece. They're easy to take off and clean, and they can be purchased separately. And ding, 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 newsflash. There's also a new version available specifically for Australian and trail saddles. It works with any saddle that has inch and a quarter billets and features a removable girth strap. So if your saddle has the overgirth, you can use it. If your saddle does not have the overgirth, you take it off and you can still use it. And you can find more information about that at totalsaddlefit.com. And for the shoulder relief cinch and girth, you can find them at your local tack and feed supplier or your favorite online retailer. That's totalsaddlefit.com. And now it's time for a little break, for a little music. And we're going to hear from Lexi Larson.
And that was Lexi Larson. A little bit of ooh. You can find her music at CD Baby, or you can Google Lexi Larson, and you can get, find it on her website. Welcome back, Tara Carter. Tara's here the fourth Tuesday of every month, and we chit-chat about all things Western and ranch. Oh, no, I hear racket. Are you there, Tara? I, yeah, I <laughs> Sorry about that. I have this super squeaky chair sometimes. And oh, so, no! Uh, I tried to quickly move it, and you caught me. <laughs> so, anyway, so, well, we have... Um, well, we hopefully have t- Tammy. We're trying to get a hold of Tammy. Having a little we trouble know. getting through. We had her, and then we lost her. We had her, and then we lost her. So, in well, the meanwhile... Yeah, in the meantime, what, what we've got is... I was I was on social media, and I saw this this video come up, and it's these horses running in the pasture... And then, you know, you see the cowboy hat of one of the, one of the riders. And then all of a sudden you see this like hair out the back and I thought, oh, it's cowgirl. Anyway, it just, the pictures keep getting prettier and the scenery gets, keeps getting more beautiful. And then this, it starts telling you about this thing called art of the cowgirl. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I looked into it and lo and behold, it's, it's with Tammy Pate. And Tammy Pate is sort of, you guys asked me earlier a question and, uh, She's like a legend in my in my mind. She's a real she's the real deal cowgirl, and uh, she grew up on a ranch in she grew up on a ranch in Montana. Um, she, her dad he was actually a rodeo steel wrestler, and he taught Tammy and her sisters everything he knew about horsemanship and riding. And she learned a lot about ranching from her family. And then she married Kurt Pate, and together the two of them developed a program that's about a gentle way of training horses and managing livestock. And on top of all that, she's a mom and um, she's even a bootmaker. So she's an artist. She's a businesswoman. She's taught clinics. She's raised kids. So it just was so fitting that she was the one behind this, this project, Art of the Cowgirl. And so I asked her if she'd be willing to come on the show today. And she said yes. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> And she did come on for about five seconds. Yeah, about five seconds. Well, like most cowgirls, she's probably somewhere on in the universe that has yeah. really lousy cell service. She probably got up at 4 a.m. to ride to the top of the mountain to get cell service. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's exactly After she it. she made breakfast and yeah. took she's, she's actually the real-life superwoman. She's the person that, that that comic strip character was based on because she has everything, <laughs> including the lasso of truth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's going to going to rope yeah. a cow. It's going to get around that little cow's neck and that little cow's going to stop and go, it was me. I'm the one that busted up the hay ring. It was me. I can't lie. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, while, while Jemmy continues to try to track down Tammy, if she can't track her down today, we'll just get her on a different day. Um, what is going on in the, at, at Carter performance horses right now? Do you have any fun clinics or competitions coming up? We do. We're really looking forward. We're getting, uh, getting geared up for a show coming up in Sweetwater, Texas. So that's another stock horse. It's actually a bunch of shows. Stock horse of Texas. Um, they do a AQHA versatility ranch horse, and then they're doing a panhandle ring cow horse. Um, so they're, they've got three shows, basically kind of three shows going on over, over one weekend. So we've got a few folks coming here this weekend and uh, we're going up and Trevor, they do a clinic beforehand. Stock mm-hmm. Horse of Texas does. And so Trevor's going to help teach that clinic clinic this time around. So that'll be a lot of fun. Normally we have the clinics here at our place, but they asked him to come and be a part of it at this show. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we're headed, 
headed toward next. And then Trevor's got his, they have a pre-futurity in Fort Worth coming up in August. So this will be Trevor's first year to compete at the Snafflebit Futurity in, in Reno. Uh, not Reno. It used to be in Reno. Excuse me. Uh, they moved it to Fort Worth. So this will be his first year. So he's got a couple of horses that he's just trying to slowly, steadily get ready so that they peak at the right time and getting them a few practice runs in. So, so yeah, that's kind of what's going on here. And then the kids are about to start back to school. So, Oh, shoo. Mom will get some quiet time. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I'm not sure about that, but (laughs) yeah, I'll be, I'll be revisiting some homework things that I'll be like, oh wow, first graders are studying this. Great. <laughs> oh gosh, do yes. Yeah, do you have you had to had to um, experience the new math yet with the kids? Well, I have just a little bit, and you know, I know there's lots of pros and cons about it. I actually kind of did that on my own when I was a kid. Like that was kind of how math made sense to me. So it doesn't. I've I've, you know, I've heard horror stories about it, but so far it worked so good. for you. Yeah. Yeah. I hate you. Know, you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> don't worry. There's plenty of things. Like I still, I can't add sometimes too. So I don't know. Maybe it didn't work for me. It just made me feel like it worked for me. <laughs> uh, you know, one of the things though, that is just unbelievable is they have a program that they use. They, you know, they have computer time all the time mm-hmm. and not all the time, but every day there's mm-hmm. a piece of where they go in and do stuff. And he has learned to read through this program. That's, I, I believe it's basically a version of Rosetta stone. Mm-hmm. It is the coolest thing I have ever seen. I, I cannot get over how my kindergartner is reading. And I know it's because he had an amazing teacher, but this program made it really fun for him. And it was just, it was really neat to see. Cool. There we go. See, there's, there is no math, old, new, ancient, none made sense for me. Yeah. None of the maths. Nope. Yeah. Not a one. As long as I never have to use an abacus, I think I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh my gosh, that's really fun. We probably aren't going to get Tammy on, but I would just say, you know, what I wanted to to bring up for everybody was this program that she's put together called Art of the Cowgirl. You can find it on Facebook. Uh, Just type in Art of the Cowgirl and it'll give you a little video. It'll give you a tentative schedule and it's just going to be an incredible collaboration of artists and cowgirls. And anyway, it's just going to be a really neat project. And it really looks to me like they're starting to ramp up uh, kind of the promotion of the event. So, hey, we got her. Woo-hoo! Look at that. Yes. Hey. Let me hit the button. Hi, Tammy. How are you this morning? Good, good morning. I'm very well. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Thank you for hanging in there with us as we 60 as we seconds on to the spare. Call. Yay. I've, I've completely, oh, good. <laughs> I've completely exhausted everything I know about you and Art of the Cowgirl. So it would be so much better if you could share with folks a little bit uh, about Art of the Cowgirl <laughs> and how it came about and and what your goal is for it. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, um, I grew up in Montana, ranching and oil painting and sewing. And when my husband Kurt and I were working on a ranch. Um, at Seben Ranch in Montana, I apprenticed with a bootmaker in Helena, Montana, Ryan's Boot Shop. And so I've always built boots. You know, we travel around the country doing uh, horse clinics and a lot of horse expos. And um, I just have been very blessed for number one to have 
uh, my husband and I have made a wonderful living in the horse industry. I love horses. I love people. I love art. And this is a way for me to give back and to keep our industry alive. So what it is, is it's basically a horse expo slash art show where we will recognize um, women artisans and horsewomen in the industry. And um, they will demonstrate their, their craft, um, the functionality of whatever it is they build, for instance, a saddle. You know, Nancy Martini is our saddle maker. She'll uh, demonstrate how a saddle's built, what makes it fit well, all of the, you know, nuts and bolts of, of building a saddle. And then she'll also present um, a demonstration about what makes it creatively and uniquely her own art and where her inspiration comes from and, and different techniques that she uses to really, um, you know, stamp her own signature on it. And then the same way in the horsemanship, we'll have cult starting demonstrations um, um, up to advanced. Sandy Collier is going to be demonstrating and talking about rain cow horses. So it's, it's all about a foundation. It's all about supporting one another and honoring uh, great women. And then um, the funds, we're going to have a live auction and the funds from the auction will go toward a fellowship to send people to work with these masters and learn a trade. And I think it's just so important that we keep our custom trades alive in our country. And, you know, we're going to have corporate sponsorship, um, which is wonderful. And we'll have, um, you know, different different people in the trade show and different opportunities to purchase wonderful items. And we'll have everything um, from custom to um, commercial. So there's something for everyone, for sure. And where are you going to hold this event? When and where? Okay, so it is at the Corona Ranch in Phoenix, Arizona, February 8th, 9th, and 10th um, of 2019. And um, it, so I'll back up a little bit. The, the whole, you know, the event is wonderful. The Art of the Cowgirl event is exciting. We're going to have... Um, like I said, the live art auction, a trade show. We're going to have a hundred years of Western wear style show. We're having a concert, (laughs) a women's ranch rodeo and a women's horse sale. But this whole celebration, you know, the whole reason we're doing this is for the fellowship is to set up this um, wonderful fellowship to send people to learn a trade and not just the art trade, but um, also horsemanship. Yeah, that's wonderful. And is the is the you said Corona Ranch? So you said yes, the Corona is, Ranch. Mm-hmm. Is it's, that a guest yeah, ranch? Is it a working very, ranch? Is it- no, no, it is. Um, actually, it's a uh, Mexican Lienzo, and it's just right off I ten. It's like ten minutes from Sky Harbor. Very convenient downtown Phoenix, and um, they host a lot of events there, and so. Beautiful. The Lienzo is very intimate. It's covered seating, and then the grounds where the trade show and um, you know everything else will be. It's just beautiful Spanish architecture. Um, mm. It's just a really. It's it's exactly what I was looking for. I wanted to find a place that really spoke to the creative artistic um, side of, of 
the event. And um, that also, there's only one arena. So unlike a lot of horse expos where there's, you know, a ton of things going on at one time, there will be probably no more than three things going on at a time at our event. So you won't need to miss anything. You can go watch the demonstrations in the arena, the horsemanship demonstrations or the ranch rodeo. You can go shop or you can go listen to the artists um, presenting their, their maker. And so is this a ticketed event or do people come and, yes. and okay. Yeah. So where would yes. people it's find tickets? And, and the tickets will be available on our website and on social media on Facebook. And the website is art of the cowgirl.com and um, tickets will be on sale uh, in August. So we haven't started sales yet but it's, it's coming. <laughs> so I have to, I have to say we had a photo shoot. I have this wonderful team of young women working with me and we did a photo shoot and a video shoot and, um, for our, the cowgirl. And I, I was so excited about everything. I probably shared it a little, a little too early, but <laughs> it is so amazing. The response that we have gotten and everyone, and you know, I really think the unique um, thing about this event is it is for entertainment and it's something for people to go do, but it's also a way for people to give back. And there'll be different opportunities at whatever level people would like to, to give to the fellowship. Um, we're going to have a saddle raffle and um, which is very, you know, reasonable for people to give. If that's the way they would like to give, they can give to the fellowship, um, which is a nonprofit. Um, so there's just lots of different ways for people to, to be a part of it. Um, on Friday night, we're going to have a legends reception. So you can come and meet all of the amazing women in the industry who you may, you know, have always wanted to meet, but, um, but never had the opportunity and it'll be a very relaxed, um, environment where people can just visit and get to know one another. So there's, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing, actually. <laughs> yeah, it sounds wonderful. I've already blocked my calendar. Uh, <laughs> and does, yes, are you going good. to have only, only, um, gosh, like artwork from, from cowgirl artists or are you, you know, or in your trade show yes, or are you so, opening it up to everyone or is it? Yes. Okay. So the presenters are, are women. Um, although we are, um, inviting one male presenter every year because this this isn't just a women's only event this is really to celebrate the spirit of the cowgirl and um but you know cowboys are just as important and this is um so Trent Johnson from Greeley Hatworks is our mm. um invited master hatter and he will present and it's really interesting his story He's owned Greeley Hatworks for 25 years, but the he bought the business and and his mentor was a woman. She owned Greeley mm. Hatworks. Who so knew? It's, it's yeah, yeah. Isn't that cool? It's so fun. So Trent, you know, is going to present and talk about that, and then um, my husband Kurt is is one of the MCs. Pam Minnick is the other MC, and um, so yes, there will be lots of men there, and in the trade show the booths will not be limited to women only, but there'll be fine art. So we'll have a whole um, 
fine art area of photography and, and fine art. There'll be all kinds of shopping, but it's all going to be geared um, toward the makers. So like Paige um, is a little gal from Canada. She, she makes beautiful um, vintage inspired custom um, shirts. So she'll be one of the vendors. Um, So, so we really want to focus on these little entrepreneurs that have startup businesses that are, you know, building things from home. Oh, that's wonderful. All I can so, say is this. Um, it sounds gorgeous and chock-a-block full of interesting <laughs> learning pace possibilities. And Phoenix, Arizona is really, really pretty in February. Yes, yeah. exactly, especially when you live in Montana. There you go. So, yeah. so folks can find out more by going to Facebook, Art of the Cowgirl. And there's yes. plenty of information yeah. there. And thank you very much, Tammy, for hanging out with us this morning and oh. filling us in on the details. And maybe once we get a little bit closer to when this is going to happen, we can have you back on with an update on the different artists that are going to be there and things yeah. like that. Absolutely. I would love it. Thank you so much for having me on. Bye-bye. Thank you, thank you, Tammy. Wow. That sounds really cool. I know. I was thinking I marked my calendar and I'm going to have to start a savings account. Yeah. <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah. It will be very hard to sit on my hands. <laughs> yes. This is going to be some really amazing, interesting. What I love is that they're demonstrating and put... um paying forward the skills, not just the ability to buy them and see them, but the skills that it requires to take the, to, to make these things and making sure that those skill sets uh, continue forward. That is really awesome. Yeah. It's all, the whole thing is about the fellowship, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And the, mm-hmm. that, that ability, there's not enough of that in, in modern American society, the, the honoring and then the paying forward of those skills of, of hand crafting items. And I love that. So cool. Yeah. The combination of it's awesome. That's right. Cool. All right. Well, that's a wrap for today. I'm all talked out. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget you can tune in next month on the fourth Tuesday and we'll be chatting about something new, different and exciting in the ranching disciplines with Tara. But for today's show, you can find the notes at horses We will have links to both of our guests today. So you can hop on over there. Just look for the episode for the 24th of July, 2018, and you'll find it. You can also follow us on Facebook. Just look for Horses in the Morning, or you can follow Horse Radio Network on Twitter. Our handle is Horse Radio. And make sure that you show your less tech-savvy friends how to download the Horse Radio Network app for their iPhone or the Android so they can enjoy it too. Go to the App Store and search Horse Radio Network. It's free and easy to use. Or you can subscribe via your favorite podcatcher or on iTunes if you're old school. And thanks again to Tara from Carter Ranch Horse for uh, coming on the show today and helping us out and providing us all these great guests and information. And also to our sponsors, Horseware and Total Saddle Fits, Total Saddle Fit shoulder relief cinch which is a mouthful to say you you nail it every time i'm so (laughs) impressed and we'll see you go ahead when did itunes become old school you know it's kind of it's amazing how many people (laughs) i talk to especially if their age doesn't have the two at the beginning 
Um, they go, <laughs> iTunes, that's like so old school. I use yeah, this, that, or the other app. Time. And they, they spit out some app I've never even heard of that they use to listen <laughs> to their podcast. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for letting me join today. Enjoyed hosting with you, Jen, as always. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep hacking away at this what's going to happen next in the, the Carter Ranch Horse um, yeah. fun, fun weekend thing. <laughs> let's post a date. Let's post a, That's right. a deal on the date. group and see when the next date is. And I'm all game for the eventing. Oh, that's a, I can just see it now. We're gonna have a com, we're gonna have a combo eventing ranch work weekend. Oh my gosh! Oh, we could do that. We could totally do that. Oh let's do gosh. it. Let's do it. I got the place. I got it. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. <laughs> okay, we're getting to work. We got a we got a job to do. That's right. It's always better with jobs.